what's up everybody we're back with another episode of the podcast week seven of eig in the books over halfway through our regular season con how you doing man how you feeling uh you know it was a little bit of a rough weekend i've been walking around like have a stick at my ass but you know everything's a little better now i think i can only go up from here and right off the bat we got a big announcement to make the EEIG Fantasy Football Podcast has rebranded itself, new name to announce. This is now the Questionable for Sunday podcast. Lots Let's of, go! Lots of great names and suggestions in the Discord, but ultimately we go with Questionable for Sunday. And that suggestion was brought up by Curtis, who's our special guest today. Curtis, welcome to the Questionable for Sunday podcast. Yeah, highly questionable in most most cases, I've, I wanted to go with something <laughs> doubtful, doubtful for Sunday. Didn't quite have the same ring to it. So here we are, questionable for Sunday. And uh, Curtis, we really appreciate you coming on. I just want to start off to uh, give you a few minutes to uh, give your thoughts on your season so far and the EIG season as a whole. Yeah, you know, I'm glad that I wasn't on here first week. There were some questionable takes going on here mid mid-season. I feel like things are finally shaken out into something that we that we know and love is our EEIG. Con, uh, Connor, you know, doing pretty good. Chris trolling in the basement, though he has one two straight. Speeder wide, wide receiver choices flaming out midseason, a la D-Jax from the early 2010s. Some questionable waiver wire decision. <laughs> exactly. That's, Every that's other a hallmark, week. really. Hallmark of Chris, yeah. Interesting strategy. Jordan knocked off his throne. Love to see that. No chance of the repeat unless there's some true miracle run going on here. He did win it seven and six with a regular season record last season. So I guess anything's possible, but just look at his team. Now, actually, Curtis, I got to give you a quick shout out as well, because not only did you come up with the name for our podcast, you also came up with the name for the last place punishment last year, which I know because it was me. You came up with Connor the Mercurius, so that's right. You know, I think they, you know, chemical engineering. I think you must be in the wrong field, man. You're a little Dude. too creative for that. I'm a wordsmith. What can I say? Seriously. All right, definitely excited to have Curtis on the pod today. Got lots to get to. As always, we're going to recap the previous week. Connor's going to give an update on the Google Doc and uh, give us our new contest for the week. And then we got a great new segment to debut. Um, don't want to spoil it for you guys, so I'm just going to leave it as that. But a lot of excitement as far as that one. A um, couple announcements, or one announcement to make. You know, the EIG is now on Instagram, so make sure you give that a follow. Um, uh, EIG Fantasy Football. Uh, I think everyone who has an Instagram account in the league, I followed you, but uh, make sure you're checking that out for some some quality content to complement the podcast. Yeah, and if you're like me and you have an iPhone 6 with 8 gigs of memory and you have to delete your Lyft app, your email app, and your Spotify in order to re-download Instagram, it's worth it. Exactly. What do you mean? You've been leaving all your magician followers hanging? To be honest, the moment I got to 12, I was like, fucking done with this shit. <laughs> actually, funny story while we're on it. So not only did that blow up and actually uh, get out to people outside of the league because I signed up with the same email address. So if you were friends with me on my main account, you saw it if you hit explore. Um, just last weekend, I was hanging out with some of my high school friends who saw that and we were like with a bigger group and like some other people, they both went to Gonzaga. So, you know, they're, they're both idiots. 
Um, anyways, so we're all like hanging out and this guy, literally, I know he like pulls out a deck of cards and he shows everyone my Instagram account and then asks me to do a magic trick. <laughs> How did it go? Did it go better than it did in Vancouver? <laughs> so I did the exact same trick. I didn't drop the cards on the ground and then it all got fucking jumbled up, but I did do the trick correctly and everyone applauded. And then I, people were like, wow, how did you do that? And I'm like, did people not realize you can just flip over the top and the back card? People it's just magic. That's all I got to tell them. Oh, I'm sorry. That's why I shouldn't go into my tricks. Excuse me. But uh, yeah, I mean, that's a legacy that I have to live up to. So a nice update there on Connor the Mercurius. Um, but uh, I'm sorry, Connor. In recapping week seven here, I'm going to jump right into your matchup. Uh, you took on Hovey's Heroes and uh, a disappointing defeat for your squad as you drop your second straight. Hovey wins 132.1 to 33.7 i don't really know what to say here so connor i'm just going to give you the floor to uh give some words on this last week you know it's uh i just want to just give a quick thank you a big thank you to all those in the league who sent me texts and discord messages just letting me know how poorly my team was doing on sunday i really appreciate it um, but uh, to be honest, you know, I, I'm not phased. I don't think this is a big deal. And actually, I think just, just this just shows you how good my team is. <laughs> All right. Uh, I think we're going to need a little more on that one. Okay. Think about it this way. You know, Eric, Eric, Curtis, you guys are experienced veterans in fantasy football. You know, every time, every couple times a year, maybe like once or twice, you're big guns, right? Those, those big ass titties, right? Sometimes those great players that you have, they don't play well. I mean, just the other week, you know, uh, Mike Evans put up a goose egg, zero points. I am lucky enough that all my players did bad on the exact same week. So the way that well, I see except it. Except for one. Well, except for, well, he's on my bench. We're not going to talk about that. <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, so the way I see it is that literally I got all of those bad games out of the way on the exact same week. So it just goes to show you how great my team is going forward. And uh, that player and, on your bench. And, oh, you got some more. Okay, oh, go dude, ahead. I have so many things to talk about. And all I'm going to say is that uh, – actually, you know what? This is a question. I didn't even bring this up in the, the – actually, most people who listen know that we have like a, a Google Doc. So I didn't even bring this up because I want to see how Curtis and Eric do. I got a question for both of you guys. So during the auction draft we had at the beginning of the year, I spent a lot of money on two players. Do you guys know which players those were? McCaffrey and uh, Juju Smith-Schuster. That's correct. Do you know when uh, uh, McCaffrey and Juju go on by? Uh, it was week seven, I think. So th- they both went on by week seven, and they both did. I mean, it's crazy to think I that mean, you guys— even if they both scored, you know, wait, wait, hold on 40 second. points, hey, you I'm still would I have the conch. I have the conch air, okay? The way that I see it is that literally from week one, I already had this pegged in as a loss. I knew that both my two top players—obviously, Juju hasn't been a top player for me, but— Literally, I knew my two top players were going to be on by. I knew it was going to be a tough week. I was like, you know what? This is definitely going to be an L. So Dude, You probably knew that Hovey wouldn't even spend a single dollar of his fab budget and therefore have a trash team by week seven, too. I mean, he's sitting at four and three right now in fourth place. It's not trash. But I will say one thing is that I uh, foolishly thought I might have a chance. I, you know, I, I obviously didn't even roster a kicker. That's brutal. Um but going into the weekend, I was like looking at the two teams and I knew that, you know, I'd put so much oxen budget in these two guys who had a week seven buy. So I, w- I knew it was already an L like in my calendar. Boom. Big ass L. 
But I was like, you know what? Maybe there's a chance that I can actually steal one right here. Maybe there's a chance that I can actually take it to Hovey's Heroes and fucking show him who's boss. So I traded it for a running back, and I'm like, you know what? Rex Burkhead's going to do well on Monday. I'm gonna Once my team starts doing well Sunday morning, I'll pick up a kicker for one of the later games. All of a sudden, I could have a, a W in the books. And then all of a sudden, my team comes out so flat, and Rex Burkhead was ruled out for Monday. So I got fucked. But, you know, move on. And, uh, you know, you did have a big-time performer on your bench. I think we kind of got to get into Do him. Do we have to talk in it about Aaron, this? Aaron Rodgers throws six touchdowns right. and scores 43.6 <laughs> points. It kind of pisses me off because now our bet between Matt Ryan and Aaron Rodgers is pretty competitive now, I think, within True. less than a point. So a big day for Rodgers there. You went with Daniel Jones, who finished with 10.3. Uh, can, can, can we get a look inside that thought process? Absolutely. Um I would say over the past, uh, you know, seven weeks, Aaron Rodgers has been underperforming in terms of fantasy. Obviously, in real life, he's been doing solid. I mean, we have a player in our league who's literally starting both running backs, the Green Bay Packers. I think that just says it all right there. Oh, it's a wagon. That's for sure. At the same time, I will say that Arizona has had a historically poor pass defense. And bring that also in the fact that Saquon Barkley was coming back from an injury. I thought that was a combination of, of Danny Dimes throwing up big-ass numbers. Uh, instead, I was incorrect. And uh, it ended up not even mattering at all. Uh, even if you did start Rodgers, still a, a impressive victory for Hovey. Let's give some shine you know, to his you know team. What? Can I just say one more thing? Can I, can, I, can I just say one more thing? You know, it's just absolutely ridiculous that in our league – that that we had someone disqualified, mathematically disqualified for making the playoffs in week seven, and no one cared. Everyone just cared that I lost by a hundred points. I can't I couldn't believe it. I'm like, guys, I'm I'm still five and two. I still have a nasty team. My team's still on the up and up. Like I'm still gonna win the whole shit. I don't shit. know about that. It's five and two, but trending downward, two straight losses, it's gotta point it out. But uh, let's give a little shine to Hobie's team here. Latavius Murray with Kamara out has a big day, 29.5 points, uh, as well as Eckler and Phil Rivers going for 22 and 21. So a big win for Hobie here, kind of pushes him up in that playoff race, now at four and three. Um, Connor, you know, it was a disappointing week for you, but, you know, like you said, you got your big hitters coming back this week, done with the buys, so, uh, you know maybe trending down but uh you know that's the great thing about fantasy there's always a next week uh but let's move on now to our highest scoring uh owner of the week uh i think for the second straight week now that's jerry's berries he has a convincing victory over tristan 168.1 to 90 um i'll start with either of you guys what is your outlook on jerry's team here these last few weeks he's really been putting up a lot of points he's by far the highest scoring team in the league uh, is he the scariest team right now? I mean, I think so, and I think it's even scarier if you look at his team last week. If you ignore kickers, the worst player on his team was Cooper Cup. That's insane. Cooper Cup's been having an awesome year. He, he only scored eight points, and that was the worst player. That would have been the second-best player on my team last week. Yeah, And to think he did it all with Nick Chubb on his bench. Yeah. I mean, he's he's got the strongest lineup in the league right now. He's even starting two tight ends. Look at this. Darren Waller, Hunter Henry, both went off. Yeah, I'm scared of I'm scared of the berries. I invented sure. that strategy, Jerry. Don't take that strategy from me. That's right. And, Where's uh, your royalty check? Jerry Jeez. gets the big day out of Chase Edmonds uh, with David money. Johnson on again one carry. Edmonds scores three touchdowns, finishes at 34 points. Uh, so a big week there. 
Tristan, uh, not a lot to brag home about his team's performance. Only two players in double figures. T.Y. Hilton, his leading score at 16.4. Marvin Jones Jr. on his bench scores four touchdowns, finishes at 38.3. So that one definitely stings, Uh, as well as Matt Stafford on his bench as well. Um, That combo um, really performing well, but on his bench. Uh, Same with Corey Davis at 17 as well. I mean, uh, Tristan falls to two and five. Uh, I got to say, Tristan's been getting really spicy on the discord lately. Uh, you know, questioning a lot of others decisions. Uh, but you know, at two and five, hard to take any of his advice. Um, Dude, with Cole Beasley in your starting lineup week seven, real hard to throw shade. <laughs> yeah. And uh, we'll get more into Tristan as he was active on the trade wire this week. Um, but his team does fall to two and five. Curtis, let's look at your matchup here. Oh, uh, let's, let's not. It looks like it was going to be a victory for you early on today, but ultimately you fall to Joe, 103.5 to 84.8. Joe improves to 4-3 and three as you fall to 3-4. and four. Um, Like I was saying, early on in the day, it looked like you, your team was, uh, uh, you know, fixing for a big day. Yeah, ended we up, were rolling. Uh, ended up falling pretty short. Uh, what, what happened? Well... You know, this is the first Sunday I've had to really like sit down, veg out, and do nothing but watch football. And basically, since our Buffalo Wild Wings uh, kickoff, and I watched touchdown slip through the hands of my main man, Stephon Diggs, who has been an absolute monster the last couple of weeks. I saw a touchdown pass right through Mark Andrews' hands, normally really sure handed, great receiving tight end. And then I also watched the Chargers not bother to overturn a sure thing, Melvin Gordon touchdown from the goal line. So it was just, it was just bad luck. Some might, might call it Joe luck, you know, striking me once again. Congrats to Joe, uh, a mediocre victory over probably a worse team than his. We'll, we'll dive into that later, but it was a tough loss to swallow. That's for sure. And plus, I mean, with Marvin Jones going off, you'd think some of those touchdowns would have gone to Galladay, right? I was watching the game closely. I figured that Stafford was going to look his way after, you know, two or three touchdowns to Jones. It just didn't happen. Yeah, and a disappointing effort there for Galladay. Joe led by Josh Allen, 21.2 points. Allen Robinson uh, does a lot of work in garbage time of his game, but finishes with 19.7. And Rams D with 21. Uh, Curtis, you mentioned Melvin Gordon. You obviously had some pretty high hopes for him when you drafted him. Thought you got him at a steal of a price. Got him back earlier in the season than you expected. He's been pretty shitty in the games that he's played. Uh, what's your outlook on Melvin Gordon looking forward to the rest of the season? Yeah, he's been super shitty. Uh, he's not really involved in the passing game. No one really expected him to be. He did catch a pretty cheap dump off last week, which kind of saved his day. Otherwise, 16, I'm looking at the stats now, 16 carries for 32 yards. I, I don't know if this is Melvin Gordon anymore. Yeah, and, and three games this year, he's averaged 2.6, 2.3, and two yards per carry. Uh, he did fall in the end zone last week. Um, so able to have his highest yeah, scoring game of the season. for minus three. Oof, 7.9 points, his highest so positive, game of the positive season. points right there. Exactly. Uh, and up against Chicago this week, man, I, I just don't see it. But I think I'm going to get, you know, pennies on the dollar if, if I try and trade him. You know, it's up to all of you guys listening. If you want to prove me wrong, give me a decent competitive offer for Gordon. I'm listening. But my running back situation is just not good enough to do without him. 
Yeah, you know, trust me, Curtis. I've been talking uh, tons of trade talk this past week. You will not get a fair offer. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, Melvin Gordon, I think, trails Gio Bernard by about four points for the whole oh, season. Boy. So, uh, I mean, it's been right just... in that RB2 conversation, though. So I don't know why we're knocking Gordon all that much. <laughs> this is just, It's just like watching two poor people beat each other up. You know? Yeah. It's tough. Uh, just like, a, you know... Yeah, I don't even know what else to say. Wow, about what a that. great analogy, Eric. What <laughs> yeah. I will say is that I, I think it's uh, I don't think anyone really saw it coming. I mean, I think people thought Austin Eckler was going to be good, but he's been fantastic. And it's almost like I, I don't know if Melvin Gordon came back because he felt threatened, um, or I mean, came back early, right? But I mean, really, Austin Eckler has been fantastic, and it's uh, it's tough to see Melvin Gordon getting more work in the future with his poor play. Well, the only the only bright side I see here as a Gordon owner is that. They haven't given Eckler the same heavy workload, even with Gordon being an absolute pile of trash the last three weeks. So they're sticking it out with him. They're going with the ground and pound game for sure. I mean, a lot of that is Philip Rivers looks like, I don't know, maybe he's carrying his 10th kid. It doesn't look right out there. <laughs> All right. Uh, disappointing loss for Curtis. Um, so that makes two losses for our members of the pod here. Uh, except when you look at my matchup, the one Jesus winner on the pod Christ. this week. That's me taking on McCory. Easy victory here, 110.2 to 91.4. Uh, even with me getting burned by these garbage handling of Arizona of David Johnson, um, they obviously aren't fantasy football fans over there with the Cardinals, saying he was going to be active before the game, giving him one carry, and then after the game saying, oh, yeah, we're only going to use him for emergency situations. <laughs> so uh, thanks, Arizona, for that. It's not like Sonny Michelle was on my bench, could have replaced him, scored 22 points. But, you know, either way, my team's still good enough to get the victory. Dalvin Cook, Jacoby Brissett gave me 27 points each. John Brown catches a touchdown. Solid flex play there. Uh, McCory's team, you know, not even a chance. Started Delaney Walker at tight end. I ripped that pickup for him when he made it. Terrible start there. Get some zero. Uh, Adam Thielen, I got lucky there a little bit, though. He catches the touchdown but goes down, finishes with nine points. Um, you know, I moved up to six and one, stand alone in first place. Uh, I also scooped up an extra $50 from McCory. He texted me wanting to put a side bet down the game. Oh, so wow. Easy money there. You know, he's too scared to make the points bet against me, but able to uh, get an easy 50 from him on the side, on the side bet. So, you know... I'm feeling feeling optimistic about my team now sitting standing alone in first place in the standings. All right, that's that's enough of that. The one thing I will say is that even though I think you you were just saying how you know you're able to pull out the victory, 110 points was the third highest scoring team last week. It was kind of a weird week. Everyone just generally scored a lot less than normal. So I'm not really sure what happened. I don't know if it was like lineup choices or something happened with the NFL, but people definitely underperformed. So yeah. it was it was enough to get the dub. Yeah, I think a lot of odd players scoring touchdowns this last week, not really fancy relevant guys, um, led to some low scores. Yeah, like uh, Aaron yes. Rodgers. Yeah, exactly. Who would have started him ever? You know, Dan Danny Dimes all day. Uh, but moving on Danny here. Danny Pennies, dude. Fuck Danny Dimes. <laughs> I'm uh, over that guy. Let's, let's look over to uh, another owner on a win streak here. That's Chris. Picks up his second straight victory against Spencer, 101.1 to 80. Uh, the theory holds true, the opposite theory. Connor, you fall for a second straight week, and Chris gets the win. Chris's studs lead him here. 
Ezekiel Elliott, 23.7. <laughs> okay, yeah. DeAndre Gunzi. Hopkins, 21.1. Uh, his other stud, Patrick Mahomes, he goes down in the Thursday night game. Um, it sounded like three weeks was the timeline, uh, the minimum it would be. Mahomes, I guess, was practicing today. They are not ruling him out yet for Sunday. Um, you know, how, how would you guys be feeling if you were Chris at this point, uh, knowing that you could be down Patrick Mahomes for a few weeks here? I don't think I would have, uh, didn't he pick up Teddy Bridgewater for $10? We'll get into that as well, but man, I'd be, I'd be trying to wheel and deal if I was Chris here. He needs the wins. He needs him. He needs him immediately. If he's got any hope of, uh, staying above Jordan in the cellar there. Um, otherwise, I mean, his team maybe outside the tight end looks pretty dang good. Yeah. Solid across the board. Spencer's team, a little bit disappointing there. Uh, he obviously loses carry on Johnson now for the rest of the season. Um, during the game there, Devontae Freeman with a poor performance, not much out of his receivers. Uh, Deshaun Watson with a little bit of disappointing performance as well. So um, a lackluster effort for Spencer's team as he falls to three and four. And uh, let's take a look at our, at our last matchup here, the battle of the Bang Bros, uh, the Hazari Bros taking each other on. And Ben emerges the victor, 78 to 72.7, our lowest scoring matchup of the week and our lowest scoring winner. Um, bum fights. <laughs> Ben's team led by Aaron Jones, 16.3 points. Uh, his running back's pretty solid days. Josh Jacobs gets 15 points as well, and Jamal Williams with 11. Yeah, Luke Wilson with the fat goose egg. <laughs> it's kind of funny how he was on the podcast last week talking about that pickup defending himself, and uh, he gets a nice little zero. I just wanted to say that uh, just toot my own horn here and say that Luke Wilson, I said he wasn't a fancy starting tight end. And uh, once again, I'm right. No surprise there. Uh, Jordan's team, he gets uh, three players in double figures. That seems to be the the usual for him. Um, Tom Brady, not able to give him the victory on Monday night. He finishes with 11.8. Julio Jones gets 12.3. And Jimmy Graham, his leading scorer, with 14.5. Uh, as we've mentioned, uh, if Joe's math is right, and if I were to trust anybody's math in the league, it would be Joe's. Uh, Jordan is mathematically eliminated from the playoffs based on record. His only way of making it is getting that last spot with the points. And, uh, you know, while anything can happen, um, it would be hard to do that with about three double digit forward. scores per week. But see, it is possible, though. You know, that's why you got to love the setup that we have is that, I mean, he there's no reason for Jordan to give up just yet. He can still get in on points. It's just not very likely. Yeah, you know, that's, that's, that's why. The EIG is, you know, the greatest league on earth. You're never out of it, um, unless maybe you're Jordan. But hey, you know, yeah. always, always a fighting chance. Hey Jordan, uh, maybe you can ask Connor for some of his magic advice. Yeah, absolutely. I got a couple quarterbacks for you. And uh, you know, Jordan, you did score more than Connor this week, uh, so you got that going for you. Uh, not the lowest scoring team, uh, but that does it for our week six recap. Uh, we also want to quickly recap the, D- the DFS uh, contest we had. Uh, for the second straight week, our special guest here, Curtis, takes down uh, the pot, um, taking home the $30 pot with a score of 150.42. It's uh, like two straight victories for you, Curtis. Uh, you got to be feeling pretty good about yourself here in these DFS contests. What have you thought about it so far? Yeah, this is honestly, I'm not just saying this, first time I've ever played DFS, and I really feel like I'm just guessing. Uh, except for, come on, last week, Latavius Murray, starting running back for the Saints, $5,300, and yet only me and Hovey started him. 
I'm just looking at the other four of you being like, what the hell, man? What are you thinking? I mean, tough matchup, you would think, going into it against Chicago kind of shied me away from it. Um, but yeah, obviously, uh, in hindsight, uh, maybe some more Latavius Murray ownership should have been had. Yeah, I mean, I set my lineup kind of earlier in the week, and I was busy on Saturday doing magic tricks. So I didn't get a chance to update my lineup. Uh, and uh, Curtis, I think you have a message to some of the other owners in the league who uh, have not yet had the balls to yeah. you know, whop out a, w- a massive $5 up. and uh, put put their money on the line. I just, I just can't imagine that that's the barrier for entry. Look, if I'm going in this blind and win two straight weeks, then, you know, Tristan, Ben, Jerry, you guys can beat the rest of these guys. No problem. And, I mean, and Chris, you should join too because I could probably use some of your money. I mean, Jerry, you're, you know, the highest scoring team in the EIG. I think last year you're the highest scoring team as well. Uh, you obviously have some fantasy prowess. Why not put it on the line? Chris, your team's not going to win any money in the EIG, so you might as well try to make some of it back in daily fantasy. Tristan, same to you. You know, McCory, your team's slipping in the regular season, three straight losses. You know, why not try to add some some positivity to your fantasy life and uh, take, take home a DFS pot, you know, get your dick wet a little bit in the daily streets. So uh, come on, guys. We've had six consistent, but uh, – we need some more ownership. Uh, just wanted to say, uh, make a note here, Connor. You were the lowest scoring team in Week Seven of EIG. You were also the lowest scoring team in the DFS contest with a score of eighty-eight point nine two. Um, Thanks. So just wanted to point that one out. Cool. Uh, but Connor, I'm gonna kick it to you to give us an update on the EIG Google Doc. Absolutely. Wow. Something I can actually enjoy talking about. So just want to give a quick update. We're seven weeks in. Uh, last week we had the top score get 20 bucks. That was our own Jerry. So congrats to Jerry for 20 bucks. Uh, still tied for first is Joe and uh, Hobie with 40 bucks each. So that doc was still posted in the Discord. So if you're curious about how your team's doing, go check it out. Also, uh, fun announcement. My favorite, favorite challenge uh, – that we have going on is next week or sorry it's this week i'm sorry it's this week it's bob barker week everyone so closest team to get in 100 without going over gets 20 bucks uh i was a little concerned when we moved to a different format this year where we added a flex spot that maybe we wouldn't have enough players underneath 100 points every week but luckily oh, don't worry about that i i definitely over uh represented or uh, overestimated our league on that one so if you're closest to 100 points without going over you get 20 bucks so uh i would say sit some of your better players maybe if you're towards the uh you know lower end of the standings and you have no chance of making the playoffs definitely go for this one go for the challenge get some of your money back uh connor we made a bet on the last time we had a challenge do you want to throw down another five dollars and take uh picks on absolutely this one? because that was such bullshit that you got that right um who are you taking uh, i'm taking jordan this week you're taking jordan this week yep shock okay wow okay really dude okay. you know what i'm taking uh let's see i'm taking uh I'm taking Ben this week. I'll take the other Hazari brother. All right. All right. So, you know, Jordan, Ben, no pressure, but uh, some big money riding on the line on you guys uh, getting as close to 100 without going over. So, just to be very clear, if, if, if Ben gets it, you owe me five bucks. If Jordan gets it, I owe you five bucks. And if it's anyone else, it's a push. Exactly. Which last time you actually fucking won. <laughs> so, uh, testing my luck once more. And uh, Connor, I'm going to keep it with you here to uh, debut our new segment. 
Absolutely, guys. Well, I know if, if you're like me and you're sitting at work and you know people come over to you and they, you know, they basically have this really worried look on their face and their mouths moving, but you kind of zone them out and then they start moving their hands around and you're not really sure what they said. Well, that happens to me all the time. And usually when they're talking to me like that, I'm thinking about fantasy football. And in this case, I was actually thinking about the league, the people we got going on here, what we look like. So I'm, I'm announcing a new segment called NFL Doppelgangers, where I'm going to go through everyone in the league and I'm going to give your NFL Doppelganger. And what I suggest right now is you, if you you're listening to this on one of the normal podcast means hit pause go to is it youtube eric uh i think it'll be on the instagram channel okay go to the instagram channel to actually get a side-by-side image of some of these uh these great little analogies i got going on uh, unfortunately i didn't approve any of the images that was all eric so if they don't look alike blame him not me all right moving into it number one we have h o v a we got hovi and his NFL doppelganger is Marshall Yonda. Now, I know what you're thinking. That can't be right, but it is. Both of them have huge heads. <laughs> Sometimes they both rock a neckbeard stubble, and both of them have letter Y in their last name. It's a near-perfect fit. Now, going to Spencer, obviously our favorite ginger. He looks just like Johnny Hecker. They're both gingers. They're both tall and lanky, and they both probably have big pink pancake nipples <laughs> going to chris now he looks like adam Thielen. it's all about the eyes with this analogy they both got these crazy eyes you know this like a mixture of like i'm gonna hurt you but also i'm clearly thinking about something else and just like adam you know chris was very underrated coming out of college moving to jerry this one was tough but you know there's only so many good looking blonde guys in the nfl i'm going with clay matthews they have top shelf hairstyles they both got swagger and they both probably think skyrim is for the nords unfortunately orlando bloom in a, in a blonde wig doesn't play in the nfl so i couldn't go with legolas now our very own guy on the podcast who actually saw this beforehand and told me actually you know what i'm gonna ask you it's curtis he looks like dawson knox and if you're thinking to yourself who the hell is dawson knox get in line because no one knows who the fuck that guy is they both look like blue collar englishmen you know with like really big foreheads and I think if Curtis grew his hair out, they could possibly be, you know, adult cousins who don't talk to each other. Curtis, what do you think of that, about that analogy? Wow, that's high praise, really. High forehead, you know. I, he kind of looks like he started up a, uh, yeah, maybe not Facebook, but, you know, what, what's like an app that, that has since gone out of stuff? Maybe like Pinterest. Pinterest. Well, yeah, Pinterest guy's got to be more attractive than Dawson Knox. True. You know, maybe like tiktok or vine he's he's kind of like a startup guy he's got that scraggly hair and uh, i'm not quite sure what it says about me but i can see it excellent so speaking of startup guys let's let's go to a finisher guy it's me i look like baker mayfield i mean this one's obvious you know the indian guy at my work when he first told me that i look like baker mayfield i was like that's definitely plausible we're both good looking dudes uh, we both talk way too much and we're both slightly shorter than we should be according to my doctor when i was 14 <laughs> who said i was going to be six four 
Fuck you, Dr. Mason. Going to the next guy, we got Jordan. Now, this one actually started this whole doppelganger business. I was looking at a picture of Jordan uh, at work, you know, and like, you know, I was leaning back in my chair, and this, you know, I was like, man, he looks just like Justin Tucker. They have the exact same eyes, neck, and shoulders. I mean, it's crazy. They both rock a buzz cut. They both did band in high school. And after hitting long field goals, Justin Tucker is known to give poundings. It's a great analogy. <laughs> Going to the next guy, it's Ben Hazari, the other Hazari brother. This one was actually pretty easy once I looked at Ben's team. It's Colin Kaepernick, you know? I mean, the moment I saw Ben's team, it's pretty clear that he's also taking a knee this season. But in terms of similarities, you got to look at Cap before he grew his hair out. You got to look at when he had that short buzz cut. They both have the exact same nose. Um, Obviously, you know, Ben is a lot less political. You know, I haven't even heard him say a peep. Uh, or any type of statement at all about police brutality, which begs the question, is Ben pro-police brutality? I can't answer that question. Going to the next guy, it's Eric. He actually gave me this analogy himself. He looks just like Josh Allen. Um, It's perfect. They both look like they're missing a chromosome. They both look good (laughs) in shorts. I mean, Eric, how do you feel about this? Uh, You know, Josh Allen... I think uh, he could throw it like 80 yards. You know, me, I was the backup quarterback in middle school, Harbor Point Middle School, go Hawks. So probably some similarities there as well. Shout out to Harvard, Harbor Point, Harvard Point, Harbor Point, Harvard Point. Excellent. The Harvard now- of uh, Makotio. <laughs> okay, right. Clearly. <laughs> All right, moving on to the next guy. It's Tristan. This one was a little tough, you know. It's like it's hard to find another doppelganger when he already looks just like Zach Braff. But, you know, eventually I found him. It's Aaron Rodgers. Uh, honorable mention would have been B.J. Novak, but he doesn't play in the NFL. They both have these big, you know, soulless eyes. They both, you know, dress pretty well and make these little snide comments. I mean, I think it's a great analogy. Um, hopefully Tristan does better uh, – uh, not on my bench last week. Now, going to Andrew McCory. This one was the toughest one because there was clearly a name I had in my head, uh, but he doesn't play in the NFL. It's Keith Price. Now, I know what you're thinking. This guy is not even on an NFL team, but I'll tell you what. It's pretty clear that AMAC and Keith Price share a dentist. They both got this nice pair of pearly whites that just won't quit. Finally, it's Joe Everyone's favorite guy to hate. He looks just like everyone's favorite NFL guy to hate. Roger Goodell, okay? They both have a lot in common. Lower back problems. They legally can't put more in their 401k. And they like to go to bed before 9 p.m. So Joe is clearly Roger Goodell slash Sauron. It's a great analogy. That's the segment, the EEIG NFL doppelgangers. If you think I missed one or if you think there's a better doppelganger out there, share a picture in the Discord and prove me wrong. All right, a great segment there. Connor, appreciate the comparisons you made there. And I hope you guys enjoyed the video segment uh, that goes along with that one. Uh, to cap off our segments here, we also created an all-meme team. So halfway through the year, wanted to put together the all-meme team. Uh, Curtis, I think this was your suggestion. Uh, I'm going to give it to you, you know, to, to kick this one off. Yeah, this was really born out of Connor's comment that the EEIG is a meme league. And, you know, I took offense to that. This – I. Other than Jordan, seems like a real bastion of competition. <laughs> I, I the meme league just it, it just rubbed me the wrong way, man. That that comment, I, and so I went about trying to put put a lineup together. The all meme team, it rhymes, it makes sense, it's perfect for hot take fantasy footballery. So of course we gotta start QB. 
A.A. Ron, Aaron Rodgers, most memed about player this year. Shout out Kyle Davis. Shout out Kyle Davis. RB, Gio Bernard, the comment that set it all off. He's really an RB2, but in our all-meme team, he's got to be RB1. Because RB2, the $180 man, Wayne Gallman himself. Wide receiver, we're kind of we're kind of lacking here. We got AB, a lot of trollery right there at the beginning of the season with a max pick there, in what second or third round. Um, he's now residing on Spencer's bench, which I can't believe hasn't gotten more press. Uh, tight end, we got 2017 Delaney Walker still available, still putting up zeros. It's perfect. <laughs> The BST, we got we got the Pats D just because they've been so incredible this year. Um, but you know, without a wide receiver too, we can't put together a legal all meme team starting lineup. I think that disproves Connor's comment that this is an all meme league. The memery, it's it's secondary. It's all about the competition, except Jordan. Exactly. So uh, maybe you know, maybe if you got an idea for the wide receiver too, <laughs> go ahead and post it in the Discord there. Uh, so we can complete our all meme team. Uh, Connor, any thoughts on the on the lineup there? Yeah, you know, uh, I think the, I saw the original list. I felt like uh, I've contributed a lot to this meme team. You know, I, someone might say that a lot of these players have been on my team. Um, I have a lost. I have a very close connection uh, with a couple of these guys. Aaron Rodgers. I think that the bet that we had or that conversation we had in Vancouver, Washington, shout out to Shell Stations, uh, really set the league off in the right direction. Uh, looking at Gio Bernard, too. I mean, we literally just talked about how Gio Bernard's still up in points over Melvin Gordon. Who knows how long that will last? Hopefully not long uh, for me. Just got to say, Patriots D, uh, how impressive is it that, uh, you know, Patriots D has been far away the best in fantasy, as good as a lot of uh, players uh, picked uh, much higher in the draft, spent much more on, and Tristan has him, and he's still two and five. Seriously, I uh, just got to throw that in there. Uh, Shout out Tristan Patsy. Uh, and also, I uh, just want to mention uh, last week's episode of the pod featuring Tristan and Ben, the most downloaded podcast in uh, in history uh, with twenty eight downloads. Um, so are you not... serious? <laughs> are you kidding? <laughs> or uh, twenty four? Sorry, twenty four. Oh, that's more reasonable. Uh, but still, uh, not sure who is uh, tuning in there. Um, you know, maybe some of you just uh, spend an extra time. Uh, you know, just making sure you're re-listening to the great fantasy advice that uh, me and Connor are dropping on you. Uh, I know there's some of you who don't listen at all, so not sure how we got that high. But uh, you know, just want to give a shout out to the loyal listeners of the now questionable for Sunday podcast. Um, that does it for the end of our segments. Let's get into our usual stuff here. Let's break down the waiver wire recap. Uh, first off, I, I think a round of applause is in uh, is in due. Uh, you know, history history was made this season. History has been made. Eric Hovey has made a bid. Oh my god! Wow. It was unsuccessful, but it was a bid. <laughs> he bid forty dollars for Ty Johnson. Not even close. Who was won by he had, Jordan? He has two hundred dollars. He only spent forty. <laughs> Who uh, tied? Yeah, he only spent forty of it. You know, uh, it's taken him three years to figure out uh, the values of the players, uh, <laughs> and he was off by sixty-six dollars because <laughs> Jordan spent one hundred six dollars on Ty Johnson. <laughs> 
I'm sorry, Obi. It's too funny. Oh god, damn! But let's move on here. His first swing is a complete miss. And I mean, he had the money uh, to overbid Jordan easily. He has. He had the, the money, money to overbid anyone in the league since he's still at two hundred dollars. No, uh, Ty Johnson, forty bucks only. But came up a little short. Jordan spent one hundred four dollars for him. Uh, obviously, we mentioned earlier, Carry On Johnson uh, placed on IR yesterday. He's going to be out for the rest of the season, the rest of the fantasy season, at least. So Ty Johnson looks like he's going to be the starter there in Detroit. Um, Jordan, obviously a little hurt at running back this whole year. Um, what did you guys think of the pickup there? I thought it was solid. I mean, uh, actually, I texted you about this earlier, Eric, but I was kind of – he was a guy I was actually really eyeing like weeks one through three this year. But my running back situation was just so bad. I mean, it still is that I just like – it's hard for me to roster a guy who at that time wasn't getting any playing time. But now with carry on out, I think he's a great pickup. Yeah, Hovi, take notes. That's how you make a bid. Um Seven dollars over the next nearest bid. Yeah, uh, Jordan did a really nice job there, optimizing it, knowing full well that I was going to make a pass. I went ninety-nine bucks. Um, yeah, nice job, Jordan. I think it's interesting too. It's like when the season first started, um, we had a, like bids in the forties and thirties, and then all of a sudden, since then, it's like if you want a running back who you know you could possibly play, you got to spend at least a hundred bucks together. It's it's a good thing. It's a good it's a good for the league. Um, and it makes it a lot, a uh, lot more competitive to get guys you want. Yeah, obviously now the waivers uh, they just get thinner and thinner each week. So, uh, you know, the when an opportunity comes up and you can get a starting running back, definitely gotta try to take it. Um, I just gotta say, Jordan, it's uh, you're a little late on improving your running backs. I feel like, uh, you know, this was a great move, but not sure how much good it's gonna do you at one and six. But uh, still gotta commend you for making the pickup. Um, as far as the rest of the waivers. Uh, a little bit of an active week compared to some of the weeks past. Um, quite a few players picked up. Uh, a few wide receivers came off the board as well in that mid-range. Um, Spencer picks up Kenny Stills for $40. Um, obviously, with Will Fuller going down, Stills' opportunities could uh, rise there. Um, Tristan, as well, gets Marcus Valdez-Scantling for 15 Um I also bid $15 on him. Not sure how the tiebreaker works there, but Tristan does get it. I think it's uh, it's kind of like a waiver wire uh, tiebreaker. Gotcha. Like, uh, sorry, I mean like the order. I guess as if we were doing. Yeah. 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 So you know, I'm never going to win that one, uh, considering I'm in uh, first place. Uh, in case you didn't hear that earlier. Um, God, man! Now that you're six and one, you're such a douchebag. <laughs> Jesus Christ! You can't stop talking about yourself. Uh, yeah, you know, it's got to take take my opportunities. Uh, you know, I'll, I get very few words in on this podcast. Did, uh, did I so. sound like that when I was 5-0? and oh? God damn. I can't remember, you know, such a long time ago after that two-game losing streak. Uh, but let's move on here to our best and worst pickups of the week. Uh, let's start with the best. Uh, Curtis, I'm going to kick it to you. Yeah, I mean, we touched on the Ty Johnson bid. I think that that's, I mean, as far as the competitive nature of everything goes that's going to have the biggest impact and it was a, a perfectly placed bid um jordan also followed it up with four dollars for deshaun hamilton i mean that's a bargain with emmanuel sanders getting shipped out of there i don't know what the rest of us were thinking not putting in a more competitive offer for him that opportunity is opening up and uh hey maybe that's the magic trick that that jordan was looking for 
Uh, Connor, who, who do you like this week in the pickups? So uh, I actually thought that the best pickup was Kenny Stills for 40 bucks uh, by Spencer's Fencers. I mean, you take a look at his team. He really does not have a lot of solid guys at wide receiver. And, you know, he did pay a little bit of a premium. I mean, Jordan did bid $26 for him. So it's not too not too much of an overpay. But regardless of how much money he spent, I think Kenny Stills is, a, is in a really good spot. Um, at Houston, I think that he can actually be a very solid above average wide receiver for Spencer's team. And that's exactly what he needs. I think it was a great play by Spencer. Um, I also got to give myself a little bit of a shout out. I got JD McKissick for $0. Uh, that's essentially, I don't know if you guys know this, but Matt Patricia came out and said they're going to do running back by committee with JD McKissick and Ty Johnson. McKissick, as we most know, I mean, it's, a, it's like a Washington league. He used to play for the Seahawks. He's a pretty good pass catching back. Um, I think it's, and you know, Matt Stafford used to have Theo Riddick. He used to just dump the ball to Theo all the time. So, I mean, I really think it was a solid pickup by me and for zero dollars, you know, you really can't beat that price. Well, I, Connor, I got to stop you there. The only way you can beat that price is if the running back that you picked up for zero dollars was a former $180 man. True. That's me and Wayne Gallman this week, picking him up well after waivers ran zero dollars. Thank you, Joe, for the freebie. I'll just take that $180 value to the bank. And all I'm going to say is that once – it's not former because once you're $180 man, you are always – That's that man. market. So a huge value there for Curtis. I'm going to give my best pickup to Jordan as well. I like the Deshaun Hamilton pickup for 4 bucks. Um, like Curtis mentioned with Sanders getting traded, Hamilton's going to move into the slot there. Uh, maybe some upside with the new opportunity he can be in. Um, and at that price, definitely worth the pickup. Um, and like I said earlier, waivers are just so thin at this point. Uh, when you can get someone with some high upside, uh, potentially like Hamilton, got to take it. So uh, kudos to Jordan there um, for some quality pickups. Uh, let's move on to our worst pickups of the week. Um, this person who uh, was a unanimous <laughs> sweep across the board here, uh, no stranger to the worst pickup column. Pause says uh, it all. That's Chris. And uh, both pickups he made, Jeff Wilson Jr. for $13. Who? And Teddy Bridgewater for 10. Uh, both of them make appearances here on our picks. Uh, I'll start off here. Uh, first with Jeff Wilson Jr. for 13. Um, not sure of the appeal there. Uh, the 49ers have four running backs who all get some playing time. And Jeff Wilson is fourth in that pecking order. So while the 49ers do run it a lot, uh, the most in the NFL... They would really have to run it a lot for Jeff Wilson to have a lot of fantasy value. Um, so I'm not sure what the the thinking was there. I was and, legitimately concerned when I read the waiver report that I missed some big breaking news story about the 49ers backfield. I didn't. Oh, dude, Chris, you're giving Chris way too much credit. <laughs> Chris, I'm, I'm looking for, for a reason here. I can't see it. I think it's uh, the, might be the first time we had one player bid, I would say, you know, a good chunk of their budget on two players and no one else bid for those players. I mean, no one else put in for Jeff Wilson Jr. or Teddy Bridgewater. He could have got him for zero bucks. Um, yeah. Wow. And uh, this week and his other pickup, uh, Teddy Bridgewater, uh, Chris obviously loses Mahomes. So tough thing there. Bridgewater, um, you know, obviously he could have had him for zero. So that's one thing. $10 is not a huge price. So I'm not really going to knock that. Uh, the thing I'm more, wondering about is this that you know reports of drew Brees potentially returning this week um if not then 
probably after the bye, if Mahomes were to be out long term, uh, he would need someone else besides Bridgewater to uh, replace Mahomes during that uh, portion of that time. Um, if you know Bridgewater could potentially be out this week, you do like the matchup against Arizona a little bit, um, but I'm not I'm not going to hate on this one as much as Jeff Wilson, but. Yeah. It's just Not that one-two punch. It's a good combo. Uh, but, yeah, so uh, sorry, Chris. Um, don't feel like I'm just picking on you either. It was a clean sweep across the board here. Uh, <laughs> well, that makes feel better. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, you got three people you can uh, be pissed at. Um, speaking of Chris, I just want to say, uh, Connor, you mentioned earlier about looking for trade offers. You know, the last few weeks – I had made multiple offers to Chris over text asking about Patrick Mahomes, uh, making some offers or asking if he would be willing to trade him, what he'd be looking for in return. Uh, during that whole time, there was maybe four or five texts with offers. I was ghosted on all of them, no response. Uh, you know, later I texted Chris asking for his statement on the podcast. Uh, when I texted him that, I got a quick response from him on that one. Uh, <laughs> oh, but I just want to say, fancy karma, Chris, for not responding to my text. Uh, if, if, if it was a no, just a simple no would have been great. would have been much appreciated. Uh, but yeah, I don't feel bad for you and losing Patrick Mahomes for however much time he's out. Uh, and speaking of trades, we had a few go down this last Wait, week. What about the statement? I thought he had a statement. Uh, it was on last week's pot after his first week. Oh, okay. I thought you said he had a new statement. Uh, no. What I will say is, you know, I feel bad for Chris. You know, I mean, I feel like he, right now he kind of reminds me of like that kid, you know, like that you saw in preschool. And he was like putting that, you know, like that square shaped block in the circle hole, you know, just kind of struggling. And then, you know, you walk over to him. You're like, hey, I think you should use a different block. And he's like, fuck you, dude. And it doesn't take any of your advice. And then he's just stuck there, you know, in the corner putting a square block into a circle hole. I mean, it's just, it's tough to see, you know, I love the guy. Hi. So yeah, hopefully, you know, but Hey, Chris's team winners of two straight. So exactly. What yeah, he's I think, doing is I think working Chris out. has been trying to shove that block into the, the circle hole just long enough now where the edges <laughs> is kind of worn off. It's, it's starting to get maybe like one corner in that hole. Just he's tip he's in, making yeah. some progress. Just, just the tip. Just he's the making tip. some progress. He's two and five. Things are on the up. Things are looking up. But, uh, you know, speaking of some trades, we had a few go down this last week, both involving Joe. Um, let's go in order of how they went down. The first one, a little bit of a blockbuster here. Joe and Tristan make a deal. Joe sends Le'Veon Bell, Devin Singletary, and T.Y. Hilton to Tristan for Alvin Kamara, David Montgomery, Dak Prescott, and Paul Richardson. Uh, I'm going to kick it to you guys first. What did you guys think of this one? And that's a lot to digest. I, I still feel like I don't quite know which way this is going to shake out, which I guess probably makes it a fair deal. I mean, getting Kamara, if he, if he does come back this week, all signs are, are pointing that way. Then I think that tips the deal in Joe's favor. No surprise there. Joe's only going to make deals that, that he's the sh sure in his win. But, you know, I think that this, this could work out either way. I like what Tristan did with the move. It just sucks that you got to give up a player like Kamara. Yeah, I think this is just like you need a – it's pretty close. Um, actually, right after this went down because uh, Joe texted me to push it through, I actually just sent him a note. I was like, 
you did this trade because you like Dak Prescott. Because when I see Joe do this, I mean, basically he's trading for Dak. And Joe said, yeah, he likes Dak Prescott. So I, but at the same time, you know, Tristan's team does get better with T.Y. Hilton. So I think it was a solid trade for both. It's kind of weird that Paul Richardson's in that trade, though. It's kind of odd. Yeah, it looks like a little bit of a throw in there. Joe did drop him this week. Uh, I'm going to argue that this Joe, or not this Joe, this trade does clearly tip in Joe's favor. Just kind of breaking it down here. I mean, you look at the running backs, Le'Veon Bell and Devin Singletary leaving Joe. Joe takes Alvin Kamara and Montgomery. Kamara, uh, I would say the better back there versus Bell. Montgomery and Singletary, um, neither of them are much to ride home about, but I would rather just have Montgomery based on the carries he's going to get versus Singletary. So Joe with the clear win at running back. And with well, back- uh, the one thing I'll wait, actually, I'm going to I'm going to push back just a little. I mean, Kamara was injured and is having some issues. It seems to me like Joe's kind of leveraging some of his immediate wins for later wins, because, yeah, Kamara is probably a better play uh, against Bell for the rest of the season. But for the next couple of weeks, I'd rather have Bell. Exactly. You can understand why Tristan made the deal being yeah, I mean, two and the, five, the looking for a little bit deal, more upside. Bell was playing the Patriots, so you know, for the yeah, and, you know, Kamara wasn't talking. playing, and, and right. at the time, Kamara wasn't out yet, and he maybe is going to miss one week, maybe two. Don't think it's a big deal. I, you know, I that rest of season, you know, fantasy is a, this is a season long league. You're not just looking to win one individual week. Oh, really? Because I got a lot of heat this past week for my hundred point loss, Eric. I think it's just, I think it's just about one week, Eric. Uh, but let me continue with my analysis here, uh, since it's always so spot on. Uh, as I was saying, Joe with the, gets the two better running backs, running back to much more valuable position. Yes, Tristan does improve his receivers getting T.Y. Hilton, but I would like to think that any trade Tristan make would have improved his wide receivers because his wide receiver core is just a huge pile of shit. Any receiver he would have traded for would have improved his receiver cores. They're that bad. So while T.Y. Hilton is a solid receiver, uh, you know, he just he has one good receiver, and it's still a pile of shit underneath it. So uh, I'm not going to be super optimistic about his receivers moving forward, even with Hilton in there. Uh, and Joe does get an upgrade, definitely at quarterback, getting Dak Prescott, like you said, Connor. So, uh, so Eric, Tristan, how, how do you how do you make this deal fair in your in your eyes? Do you swap Godwin with Hilton? I don't think Joe makes that deal. Yeah, but... I don't think he makes it either. Uh, you know. If I was Tristan, I would be more in the mindset of, you know, I need to improve. I need to add multiple starters. And obviously, Kamara's is one piece that's going to be valued. So maybe look for a deal where you can get three starters for Kamara. And, uh, I mean, I guess you can say he did get three starters, but he also gave up three starters in a sense. I mean, Dak, you can question his startability given he does have Matt Ryan. But, uh, yeah, I'm not really sure uh, what else he could have done here. Uh I know I do talk to Joe. He is my brother. There was some other offers that were made that he originally declined that I thought might have been better. Um, but, uh, you know, Tristan has been so hard to trade with uh, for this time in the league. Um, and just to see him make to make a deal where it, it in my mind, leans in the favor of Joe. It had to be Joe that, uh, in my mind, gets the victory out of anyone in Tristan's first deal. Um, but, hey, maybe I'll be wrong and I'll eat my words. Uh, as I have many times this season on the pod, but uh, uh, I like Joe moving forward after this trade. Uh, but let's move on to our next trade here. A little bit of a small one. Connor touched on it earlier. Um, our RB1 on the all-meme team, Gio Bernard, was dealt to, to Connor um, from Joe for Philip Dorsett. Uh, 
Connor, I'm going to give it to you to give your analysis and uh, some some behind the scenes thoughts on this one. Yeah, I kind of talked about it earlier when I was raging after doing all those push-ups. It's just, I don't know what it is about getting your pecs worked, but it makes you all riled up. Um, yeah, I mean, it was one of those things where I, I obviously, like I said before, this week was already an L in my schedule for, since week one. But at the same time, you know, I'm pretty confident in my team and, not, you know, I don't want to, you know, just totally punt the entire week. So I tried to maybe make a trade for a running back. Uh, Gio was not my first choice by any means. Um, I actually sent a couple very favorable offers across the league and got either the cold shoulder or denied. Um, actually, uh, Eric, you're going to love this. I tried to trade for Tariq Cohen and I was willing to give up Aaron Rodgers and potentially another running back. But uh Jordan basically stiff-armed me a couple times on that trade, and, you know, God bless him. Uh, and, you know, at that point, to be honest, I knew I was giving up value, but I just wanted to have a guy I could play. Um, so, anyways, I knew that Joe would give up uh, Gio and, you know, Philip Dorsett, who I really do like. Uh, the problem with him, though, is that he was the sixth best wide receiver on my team, and I don't really need him. So uh, I picked him up in the uh, Jarvis Landry trade. Um, it's unfortunate that I, I had what I had Burkhead out. I had Thompson out. I had Malcolm Brown out. Jalen Samuel still injured. Um, rec- I mean, Chris McCaffrey on bye. It was just kind of, it was just rough picking. So it's, it was not the best situation. Um, but in, like, you know, I just dropped Gio Bernard. It's not like a guy I want to be on my team. Um, but you know, it's pretty tough to trade in this league. You know, I was actually, I'm, tr- I'm still trying to trade in this league. Uh, this whole week I've been trying to trade in this league. I don't know how you do it, Eric. I don't know how, man. I, I feel like people just try to, they really just try to fucking punch you in the balls every time you give them a fair offer, you know, yeah, they try just, to they come at you and it's tough, dude. How do you do it? You know, most of the time when I make offers, I don't even get responded back to. Um, but I just keep coming with the offers, you know, every day I'm coming with offers, trying to make my team better. Whether I get a response or not, I'll just come back with the, a counter offer to the previous offer or just make the same offer again. Uh, you just got to be ruthless uh, to some of the owners in our league. Yeah. And, you know, actually, I have a kind of a funny story that I, I really need to tell. So this whole week, I've been really hitting up people um, for running backs. Clearly, it's my worst position. Um, I actually, I sent a trade offer to, to Tristan. Um, you know, very basic. I was actually trying to grab Devin Singletary, who, you know, obviously he's not – um, you know, I would say a strong RB2, but he's a guy you can play. Um, and he actually responded with a screenshot of the Fantasy Pros trade analyzer showing the differences in our teams. So I said, wow, did everyone in the league spend 50 bucks on a Fantasy Pros premium membership besides me? Because I know that, you know, you and your brother did, Eric, but I'm kind of shocked that other people in the league would do this. And, you know, he let me know immediately that actually if you get the phone app version of Fantasy Pros, it actually comes free with the phone app. So I didn't know this. And I was like, wow, I've been missing out on all these this great, uh, you know, information that was at my fingertips that I haven't been looking at. So what I did, I went and I downloaded the Fantasy Pros app just so I could, you know, get a great trade analyzer and, you know, basically come at people from a better angle, maybe try to work a trade in. And guess what? The app is free. That's right. But the trade analyzer on the app still requires a Fantasy Pros premium membership, $50. Tristan just straight up lied to me that he said he didn't get it when he actually did. And let me tell you what, man. Yeah, you know, I lost by 100 points last week. It's kind of embarrassing. What's more embarrassing is spending $50 on an app and sitting at the bottom of the league at 2-5 and five with the Patriots defense, okay? Ridiculous. Yeah, I was, I was, I was thinking you were going to make that point. I was going to say the same thing. Yeah, sitting at 2-5, and five, so, you know— 
how much was the buy-in for our league? It was a hundred, I believe. A hundred plus another fifty for that membership. Damn, Tristan got some deep pockets. Uh, I know. And yet, team. can't spend five bucks a week for DFS. Exactly. So you know, hey, try to make some of that money back. Uh, we're gonna have another FanDuel contest this week. It'll be five dollars. Maybe you can win. You know, a few more of you enter. Maybe it'll be a forty-five dollar first place prize or forty dollars. So hey, might um, just yeah, pay, for- almost pay for your membership right there. Tristan, hit hit me up. I got an app for DFS. I'm selling it to you and you alone for the one time low low price of fifty dollars. <laughs> but that that does it for everything that happened in uh, week seven. Moving on to week eight now, and we're gonna take a look at the matchups here and make our picks. Um, but first, let's take a look at the standings. Uh, Connor, you were three and three last week. What up? Now at eighteen and twenty four. A rough week for me. Two and four um, by Solsta at the top at twenty three and nineteen. And uh, I combined both our guest picks picks last week. Yes. They were 6-6, six and six, and they're even 500 for the year, 21 and 21. Actually, so, I need to bring something up very briefly. That's That number 21-21 is not accurate because the podcast, which I w- did not uh, partake in with Hovey and Chris, you only took, I believe, Hovey's input from that. Is that correct? I did. So we got to add Chris's takes into that as well. But then that would put uh, more games than That's fine. All right. We can uh, work on that one later. Um, but let's break down the Week 8 matchups. And let's start with uh, what we pegged as our game of the week. That's uh, our uh, 33.7 point scoring Connor McHugh taking on the league's link scorer, Jerry's Berries. And in this one, Jerry still has some work to do in uh, completing his lineup here. I guess uh, we have to see with, uh, with the status of Drew Brees. Um, but... Connor currently projected to Victor 111.6 to 98.9. That is with Jerry's quarterback projected at zero. Um, So just take that into consideration here. Um, But Connor, I'm going to give it to you because I think we know who you're picking here. I'm picking myself, baby. I mean, this this for me, this is uh, is a a pick-me-up game right here. You know, I'm obviously on an 0-2 skid. It's been a little rough. You know, I've been drudging around my apartment, you know, banging my head in the walls. You know, I can't even eat lately probably good for my waistline the problem though is that i know my team is great and my team is ready for greatness and this week i will definitely win i really like my matchups i have mason uh, rudolph coming back against miami so i think juju is going to bounce back i really like tyler board against the rams i like george kittle against the panthers i mean christian mccaffrey against the niners is going to be a little tough but at the same time i got aaron Rodgers against the chiefs so i think overall i'll be able to take this game I'm going to go with Jerry in this one. He obviously has some things to shore up here at quarterback, but uh, besides QB uh, potentially and McCaffrey there at RB1, uh, I like Jerry at every other position here on the board. Um, So I'm going with Jerry. Curtis, uh, you got to break the tie here. Who do you got? Yeah, I'm going with Connor. Um, Mainly Jerry's quarterback situation is driving that decision. Uh, He's got Breeze slotted in right now. The waiver wire is not looking too hot. So and and even if Breeze does start, I'm not sure that I'd trust him in his first week back after what six weeks he got hurt in week one. Uh, I'm even against the shitty Arizona defense. Maybe uh, maybe a little bit more risk than than you need to take at that point. Um, and I still see Connor's got McLaurin slotted in on his bench. I don't I don't know, man. Even even against Minnesota, you figure Xavier Rhodes is going to be uh, staring staring down across the uh, the line of scrimmage with McLaurin for most of the game. 
We just saw Xavier Rhodes get absolutely roasted by Marvin Jones. I don't think it's a hot take to say that Terry McLaurin's probably a better athlete and a better receiver than Marvin Jones. So I, I think that that, you know, if Connor chooses to make that lineup switch, maybe putting him in over Tyler Boyd, who's got the horrible Andy Dalton slinging him the ball, maybe that tips the, the, favor, the scales even more in Connor's favor. But even with the lineup decision as is, I got to go with Connor. I'm you know, going to take the opposite on that one, Curtis, and I'm wow. willing to put a bet on this if you want. I like Boyd to go over his projection this week, and he'll outscore McLaurin. So are we willing to put a bet down on this one? Yeah, let's put it on the board. What are the stakes? Well, I got to go with my $5 DFS take. All right, $5, it's on the board. I got Boyd versus Curtis's McLaurin here in week eight. Uh, Connor, you had something to say there. Uh, yeah, and then I was interrupted. Um, you know, actually, this might be the first time that I take fantasy football advice from a guest and actually uh, make a change. There's a good chance I will put McLaurin in. I mean, he's awesome. I've been a huge fan of his since the beginning of the season. And uh, I don't see the problem with, uh, you know, taking advantage of the Case Keenum revenge tour. And, uh, yeah, you know, potential for the Redskins to be down big in that one going against the Vikings. They've been rolling on offense lately, and that one's going to be on Thursday night. So, all eyes will be on that one. But let's move on to our next matchup here. Let's get our guests in the mix. Curtis is taking on McCory. Uh, Curtis at 3-4, and four, McCory at 4-3 and three here. So lots on the line with this one as we're heading down the home stretch of the playoff race. Curtis currently projected the victor 119.5 to 116.4. Curtis, take it away. Who do you got? You know, I got to take myself here. It was really close until Thielen was ruled out officially for Thursday night. Um, I mean, that's, that's the big story of this matchup. I feel like otherwise it's a pretty fair matchup, probably a push. Um, I can see big days from both quarterbacks ahead. I feel like that's what I was really missing in my embarrassing loss to Joe last week. It wasn't until, you know, garbage time that Russell Wilson really was able to turn on the jets and salvage his day with 20 something points. Um, Jared Goff going up against Cincy. Same deal. I mean, he could just light them up from the first quarter on. Um, but otherwise, I, I got to stick with my own team. I'm not starting Frank Gore or Philip Lindsay. I really think that that's what pushes the, the scales in my favor. Connor, who do you got? So actually, I'm taking Curtis as well. I mean, it's, it's, uh, it's one of those situations where, you know, I think that there's one positional group that Andrew has an advantage on. God, Andrew, who the hell's Andrew? Sorry, excuse me. Uh, James Conner and Leonard Fournette, I think, are going to outscore Melvin Gordon and Saquon Barkley. But besides that, I really think that Curtis has a much better wide receiving core. He has better plays in this flex spot. And, I mean, even with Thielen out, he's got Diggs. So, I mean, Diggs is probably going to feast. Um, I really think that Curtis is going to win this one. Yeah, I'm going to make this a clean sweep as well. I think this one is probably our closest game of the week, but I do like Curtis, Curtis's team. He mentioned Wilson. Can't ask for a better matchup than the Falcons in the past game there. Um, AMAC does lose Steeland, and Curtis, the direct beneficiary of that with Diggs in a super juicy matchup against Washington. And uh, Kenny Galladay going to bounce back this week. Also a phenomenal matchup against the Giants. And uh, even though McCory does have Austin Hooper at tight end, Curtis has Gerald Everett going against the Bengals, so another great matchup there. So some pretty great matchups for Curtis there at big-time positions, so I'm going to make it a clean sweep uh, for our guest. And uh, moving on to our next matchup, 
Uh, we got another one with some potential playoff implications. We got Joe taking on Ben. Ben at three and four. Joe at four and three. Joe currently projected a 13-point favorite at 118.5 to 105.5. Connor, who do you like? God, I really hate that I'm going to say this, man. I'm going with Joe. I think that Evo will prevail. Roger Goodall does – sorry, Roger Goodell sometimes does win. Uh, Ben's playing both the running backs for the Green Bay Packers. I feel like that's worked out decently so far. But eventually that's going to bite him in the ass, and uh, it could be this week. Unfortunately as well, uh, Devontae Adams is a game-time decision, so he might not even play. Even if he had Devontae Adams, and even if the Aaron, Aaron Jones and Jamal Williams play well, I still think that Joe has an overall better squad, so I think Joe's going to take it. Curtis, who do, you, who do you like in this one? Yeah, I'm predicting the the victory for for Evil as well here. You know, thinking that this is this is just a skirmish in the overall war between good and evil. You know, us good guys, we gotta we gotta take our uh, our lumps occasionally. Ben, I'm sorry, you're gonna have to take one for the team here. Um, starting those two Green Bay running backs, I know it got you 27 points last week. I just don't see that holding up week in and week out, especially against, albeit a crappy Kansas City defense, but I can just see them falling behind and Aaron Rodgers doing Aaron Rodgers things for the second straight week. Um, Tyler Eifert at tight end, that's, uh, that's a little questionable as well. Better um, than Luke Wilson. <laughs> yes, marginal improvement there Actual over last David. week. Looks like Luke Wilson's still riding the pine for uh for ben which is pretty funny to see as well um i see some tight ends out there on waivers that that might be a an improvement over wilson and eifert we'll see i'm gonna it's gonna be another clean sweep i got joe as well uh, i just think joe's team really rounded into form he obviously could get camara back this week so that would be a big boost uh, going against pretty soft arizona defense his receivers looking pretty strong and um yeah, you know, evil does win sometimes, but you know, like you said, Curtis, it's 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 a war, and uh, you know, we may lose a few battles, but we just got to keep Joe out of that championship uh, to restore store good in the world. Uh, so that's another clean sweep across the board. Let's look at our next matchup. Um, Chris, winner of two straight, taking on Hovey. Hovey currently projected a ten point favorite, one hundred three point one to ninety two point seven. I'll start it off here. I got Hobie. Um, just looking at his lineup, I just think it's more solid across the board. Chris um, hurt by bye this week, losing Ezekiel Elliott. So, you know, DeAndre Hopkins, really his one stud who kind of has to carry him. Um, you know, having to start Benny Snell this week, Darius Slayton, not too excited about either of those. Um, just looking at Hobie's lineup, I think he can take advantage there. Uh, so I'm going with Hobie. Chris, sorry to think the losing, the winning streak is over. Uh, Curtis, who do you got? Yeah, I'm going with Hovey as well. Looking up and down the lineup cards here, I don't see one spot that I'm confident that Chris can outscore Hovey at. And on the other side, you know, Hovey's got some showdowns like Eckler versus Duke Johnson. I mean, maybe you can see that one working out either way, but I think it's more likely than not that Eckler outscores Duke. And then, then Mixon against Snell, I think there's probably no question about that one, even with the Bengals, you know, absolutely choking on Dick day in and day out this year. Um, yeah, and then Tate versus Slayton, both Giants wideouts. Could go either way, I guess, but far more confident in Tate 
and then you can see that everything else is probably a push. I'm going with Hobie. All right, Connor, do we got another sweep across the board or what? Unfortunately, we do. I'm going to take Hovey. You know, actually, I'm looking at the ESPN breakdown, and they get a little green check mark for each position. The only skill position that Chris has that check mark is tight end. He's playing Eric Ebron. But under further investigation, uh, Eric Ebron and Daryl Fells have exactly the same amount of points. They're both tied for 14th overall. So it's like kind of a push. I don't know, man. I just feel like Chris's team is not that good, you know? And uh, but the one thing I will say is that it's very obvious that Chris and I have this um, type of inverse relationship where whenever I win, he loses. It seems, though, Eric, that since you predict Jerry to win and Hovey to win, that you believe that will eventually be broken this week. Is that correct? That is correct. Wow, wow. Not a, a non-believer, everyone. Wow. A heretic. I really think that Hovey's going to smash. Yeah, no, it's kind of hard to uh... – go against the opposite theory as it's rung true so far this year but uh, i think it's going to break uh this week and that's a clean sweep across the board once again for hobie potentially a big win for him moving forward in the playoff race uh let's go at our next matchup here that's spencer's fencers taking on jordan um you know jordan the wins aren't going to do him much good here he needs some points and currently he is about a five point underdog spencer projected to 116.7 to jordan's 111.9 uh, I'll start. Who wants to start this one? I'm going to start this one. Uh, I'm taking Jordan for the sole reason is that I need to catch up with Eric in the overall projections this year. And you didn't take Jordan. All right. So uh, Connor spoiled my pick a little bit there, but I'm going with Spencer. I think Jordan's team does have some, he has some high upside, but you just can't really count on all of his guys every week. I just think uh, Spencer's team a little more consistent across the board. Um, so I'm going to go with Tim there. Curtis, break the tie. Man, I can't believe I'm going to say this, but I'm going with Jordan. Um, I'm even going against ESPN's all-knowing win probability, 52% uh, towards Spencer right now. But, I mean, outside of QB and I guess maybe some RB matchups there, I think that Jordan's got the stronger team up and down. Um, like you guys said, it's super close. It can go either way. Um, but Tom Brady against Watson, yeah, you give that to Deshaun Watson every day. But otherwise, Jordan's looking pretty good. Yeah, it just kind of depends on the receivers for Jordan and what he can get out of them. That's obviously his strongest position, um, but not always able to get that consistent production uh, this year. But uh, curious to see what happens there. Not a clean sweep, uh, but I think this last matchup is going to be uh, that's your first place, Chark Week, Eric Erickson. Do I need to say that again? First place. Taking on Tristan. Uh, currently, Tristan projected the favorite, um, but uh, due to some casualties in my lineup, David Johnson, who knows his status moving forward. He's projected zero. I don't have a kicker. Anyways, I'm projected 100.5. Tristan on 103.3. All to start with me. Uh, I have by far the superior team. Not much else to break down here. I'm going with myself to go to 7-1. and one. Uh, by the way, I got to say, Curtis, good job on not reacting when Eric just went off on that little tangent about himself because <laughs> I was zoning out the whole time. Uh, getting real tired of this bullshit. I also took Eric, unfortunately. I just think he has a far superior team, and uh, he's going to get the W. Yep, I think we're going to have to listen to Eric gloat a little bit more. He'll be 7-1 and one next week. The only worse thing than me losing is Eric winning. And, uh, you know, my team's done a lot of it this year. Uh, if you can't read, that's uh, six ones. 
six and one, six wins. So, uh, you know, lots of podcasts with me as a winner. You know, Connor, he's come on the show the last two weeks as a loser, um, if you, in case you forgot. Uh, but that's going to do it for this week's episode of the newly. I'm here every week, dude. What are you talking about? Questionable for Sunday podcast. Uh, special thanks to our guest, Curtis. Great job today. Good job, Curtis. Thanks Thank for you very by, much. Dude. Did you have fun? Oh, I had a blast. How could I not? Thanks again for the name suggestion. Thanks for the hot takes. Uh, some great takes there as well. Good luck to you. Questionable eight. takes for Sunday, perhaps. Against McCory. Exactly. Holding the true to our name. And uh, hope you guys enjoyed this week's episode of the pod. Uh, again, make sure you check out the Instagram page. There should be some content going up, uh, hopefully on Thursday. And uh, as always, make sure you, uh, you know, get some chest hair and uh, enter the FanDuel contest. And, uh, <laughs> let's make that one uh, worth checking you, out. This you know week. who you are. Exactly. Um, my barber shaves my back hair. Great, great back there for Connor to end the podcast on. Let's end it there. Hope you guys enjoyed. Thank you for listening.